0: wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air broadcasting live from the annex wealth management studios at the avenue in beautiful downtown milwaukee
1: here's john mccure all right, Greg Matzik's here. So is Debbie Lazaga, Adam's producing the show, and Amy Taylor's filling in for Sandy Max the rest of the week, my friend Amy Taylor. I've been waiting to catch up with you because I feel like we only get to catch up when you're here.
2: It's so how are, fast.
1: How are your triplets doing?
2: They're growing up, um, and uh, they're slipping through my fingers from Mama Mia. That's how I feel. <laughs> they're
1: uh, <laughs> freshmen in college, right? They are
2: freshmen in college. They completed, uh, I have twins that are at University of Wisconsin-Madison, awesome. and they're completing their first year. They're both bio majors. I think they'll be switching to econ.
1: <laughs> 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 Which is also not easy.
2: Right? It's not easy. And I was like, you don't even want to know how well your mom did in that class, econ. Yeah. It's Let not... dad help
1: you with that. Right,
2: exactly. And then um, my other daughter is at New York University. Yeah. And so you and I, we kind of share that thing with multiples. and then
1: Yeah, I have our, twins, and, and we're really we both tight. had a girl that went to New York.
2: Yes, twins in, in the New York thing. And then now your girls are... Kind of separate, but yeah, you see each other all are. the time, we which do. gives me great but They were hope. both
1: in town this weekend, and it was great. Do the twins and the uh, third... It's fraternal. And the one who's in... Um, new York. New York, do they miss each other? Like, they a were terribly, together forever.
2: Terribly. I have a new thing that I do, Greg, which when I mean, you're so far away from this, but... What's really fun is the FaceTime with all five people. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. they all pick up. Yeah, but it's like to, yeah. do it, to do everybody at the same time. I was like, that was That's really fun. So
1: cool. It changes
2: everything to ha- to be Makes able to it a have easier, that. It? it does make it easier, but I'm not going to lie and say I mean it was a really big adjustment for our family because I lost everybody on the same year, and yeah. my dad died, oh. and my husband's father died this oh, year. Oh my gosh, Angel, so what we a year. yeah we had a really big year, and I just like, okay, regrouping, and just now trying to like almost reprogram my thinking yeah. like we're with the trauma you know we have to just keep yep. moving forward
1: you're right it's you know easy though
2: yeah but we're so lucky you know we are so lucky yeah so.
1: we are blessed you yeah know? with um, our girls as you're here the rest of the week we're going to spend more time talking about your girls and multiples i have a couple ideas so i'm glad that you're going to be here the rest of the week
2: oh really yeah this is cool. gonna be a surprise except i'm not here tomorrow just yep. after i get reacclimated, getting shot out of the rocket and into the news desk <laughs> now there's a ball game tomorrow yeah so
1: none of us will be on the air tomorrow I, brewers I, will be bob Euchre. no oh. not bob Euchre actually but the brewers will be so That'll be great stuff. I'm glad that you're here.
2: Thank you. It is
1: 5.15. A deeper dive into what's going on with Southwest Airlines. Another problem today. Is there a bigger issue at play here? And could it impact what happens at Milwaukee where they're the number one carrier? That's up next. Once again, issues for Southwest Airlines. Today it was a firewall issue, another IT issue that led to a shutdown that they requested for a short period of time earlier today. Joe Schwederman is a transportation expert at DePaul University, and he is with us on WTMJ. Joe, thank you so much for being with us. Good to be here. What do we know about what happened today? What led to today's issue?
0: You know, it was another technical glitch, and uh, for Southwest, uh, they're just saying intermittent technical problem, but... To have a problem that, uh, you call the FAA to suspend all your flights is really a dramatic, uh, move, especially in the wake of, you know, the big problems they had in January. So, what we had here, Midway Airport, Chicago is a big hub. We had a grounding for more than an hour, uh, in many cases. And what that's done, and it puts passengers in enormous stress, because they don't know if this is going to be the start of a, a full day of cancellation. We have planes landing. And others can't take off, so there's not enough room for the people. So, it really was a tough morning for Southwest.
1: You raise an interesting point because as of an hour ago, when I checked, there were less than a uh, two dozen, less than two dozen cancellations, but two thirds of their flights have been delayed. And there's still some doubt as we head into the evening, out into the night, whether all the flights will get off the ground. You delay for a half hour, an hour in the morning. What does that do to the system for an airline as you head through the next 24 hours?
0: you know the one advantage they had was with a total grounding you simply delayed the the entire flight operation you know by that amount so people don't miss their connections you aren't uh, having um uh you know coordination problems at the airport uh but the problem is uh, a lot of uh, pilots in particular uh later this week uh, could hit their hours max you know because we lost an hour for the whole system and you could have some ripple effects there um, you know, I think for Southwest there's also a political dimension to this, that they're really trying to, uh, make amends for January, and, you know, made it clear they're gonna invest a billion dollars in technology, but Congress is considering legislation to require compensation for delays that are, uh, airline caused, and this, uh, this is gonna help their effort to fend that off.
2: Joe, let's talk a little bit about, like, the global state of aviation. Has the recovery happened for people? I know my husband's a business traveler. He's still really frustrated at, like, how hard it is to get from here to there. Um, His colleague drove from Virginia to Philadelphia because he couldn't get there on the airline. Do we feel like that we have the carte blanche that we once used to have to travel?
0: Yeah, no, we're not there yet. I mean, the latest numbers, uh, Delta... uh uh, made evident that they 're about at ninety percent a pre pandemic, but their capacity is only about eighty four percent and you know we were airlines are pretty full before the pandemic, so you now have um, fewer flights per uh, per passenger that wants to fly, so we have just really sardine can type conditions on a lot of the airplanes. Uh, the good news is the airlines learned last fall we can 't stretch that schedule to the point where when things go wrong, we have meltdowns. And so they're being conservative, adding back flights, but boy, uh, that's driving up fares. And your friend uh, just took the wheels; it looks like to, to avoid the airports.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, Joe. I mean, I, I I just took a I just booked a flight on a route that I routinely take, and I used to think if I could get it for under three hundred bucks, it's a city on the East Coast that I would do it. Now, if I can get it for under five hundred bucks, I think that's a good deal. And then every single flight is packed. Is this what we're looking at for the foreseeable future?
0: well i think you know the airlines are actually a little nervous about uh starting next fall because we're seeing headwinds that the economy could be slowing down and uh, a lot of that they're still having what we call pent-up demand people were stuck during the pandemic and they're just thrilled to be traveling again so europe is is on fire for example and on demand and we think that's going to play out and normalcy will set in airlines of course will be able to tool up and add more flights Uh, But I can tell you that post-pandemic, flying is uh, even a bigger part of our lifestyle than it was pre-pandemic. And so that's going to mean some upward pressure on fares for for a little while, certainly.
1: Does it open the door for another airline, another option? Here in Milwaukee, we've been talking about the resurgence of Midwest Air. And there's a group that's tried to launch it right before the pandemic. Please
2: bring
0: it back.
1: Does it open the door?
0: Well, it certainly does. Milwaukee is a great story where you had the Midwest Express or Midwest Airlines, yeah. and uh, Southwest came in and, uh, you know, became the dominant carrier, and the Midwest is gone. But we did have two or three new airlines start in the last couple of years, Breeze Airlines and Avalo, and they're kind of cherry-picking the pleasure markets, highly uh, efficient, but they're not ultra-discounters. They're not like Spirit uh, where they, you know, charge for everything. They're trying to offer a little higher-quality product at a bargain price which is what Midwest did. So I think you'll see a little more of that as well. The competition is alive and well, but but right now, boy, fuel pr- prices are a little high and demand is so strong that it's painful to buy a ticket.
1: Uh, does the government step in at some point and say, hey, Southwest, you've had these issues, you need to compensate people, or we need to regulate you more tightly? At some point, does the government intercede?
0: You know, most uh, countries in the European Union so forth have Rules like that in the U.S. is, it's quite murky that if it's, uh, an act of God that, uh, you're not even entitled to, you're entitled to a hotel room. And we know that most, uh, cancellations are due to several factors. You may have a pilot shortage compounded with bad weather. So bad weather is part of the mix, you know, you're, you're stuck. But I think we want to be careful not to, um, Uh, overreach, and I think you have some countries have massive compensation to flyers whose flights are more than two hours late, like full refunds plus $250. And you start doing that and you push up airline prices, so I'm hoping a common sense solution comes, but some of the proposals now are, are really consumer friendly, and that could, uh, that could drive up costs and
2: have unintended effects. I had an experience recently in Gainesville trying to get back to New York City, and uh, there were mechanical problems. And there, and the woman was saying, do not call Delta. They will not help you. Do not call them. They will not help. <laughs> what? Who are you supposed to call? Ghostbusters.
0: Right. Yeah, it's tough. And I think, you know, Southwest uh, got the message real clear that you have to play nice after these uh, disasters. You know, with canceled flights, they were given 50,000 uh, yeah. rapid rewards points or refunds. Trying to show that from this point forward, when we screw up, we're going to have to ante up or Congress is going to come in and decide what, what a fair, uh, compensation is. And that, you know, and so that debate's happening right now. And I, I think, um, the sad part for the Southwest is I think they really were rebuilding their image. And today was only an hour delay. It wasn't, uh, didn't escalate into something dramatic, but. It just uh, sends a panic in people's uh, uh, day when they hear about this. It
2: doesn't and, instill uh, they, confidence either. Yeah.
0: yeah, they feel helpless because they they're get stuck at the airport. And, uh, and so summer is coming. Let's just hope uh, hope we don't have a repeat uh, of last summer where we had those big pilot shortages.
1: DePaul University's Joe Schwederen. Joe, thank you so much. Thank you. Meteorologist Brian Niznansky is with us. He's outside again. A little bit warmer than yesterday, Niz.
3: (laughs) This is a lot more pleasant than yesterday. Um, 20-degree difference again. We're warmer, uh, upper 50s across the area, and less wind. Yesterday, the wind is what was really biting, guys. And enjoy the blue skies any time of the year, especially in April, because you know that's going to change soon.
2: Is that what you're saying? Are you leading us that way?
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, alluding <laughs> to what's to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure looks like a pretty good chance of rain again. Uh, starting late morning tomorrow, we'll have our first round of what could be multiple rounds of showers and storms uh, over the next two days, Wednesday and Thursday. By Thursday night, much of the area could be over an inch of rain again across southeastern
2: Wisconsin. Whoa. An inch? Yeah. That's a we big need one. It, though. it seems dry. I've, I, yeah, well, There are those Does weather it? alerts. Yeah, yeah like right. fire warnings.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's totally is. I mean, thankfully, things have greened up. That was part of the problem last week. You know, we've kind of had the dead, you know, winter vegetation, and now we're starting to notice things greening up a bit. Um, but, yeah, we haven't had, you know, significant precipitation. It was pretty light with the stuff over the weekend. Um, so, so, yeah, we could use a good little dose of water here uh, to keep greening things up. Now, speaking of uh, heavier rainfall, it is Severe Weather Awareness Week, and today we're focusing on flood safety um, on TMJ4 uh, News at Mm -hmm. 5 and 6. So that's why I'm right now along the banks of the Root River in West Dallas, And the Root River is like a creek here. It's really small, beautiful part of West Dallas. If you haven't been on Root River Parkway here, um, it typically floods. It's one of these spots that we have that if we get a big rain event, this area is prone to flooding. So, again, it's always a good idea. I'm raising awareness of just kind of knowing where you live. Or if you just move to a spot, ask around. Hey, do you take in water? Does your sub pump run a lot? Make sure you're always prepared for that. And don't drive.
2: Don't drive in it. Yes.
3: That is what I was about to get to, 100%, Sandy. uh, when When it comes to flooding and, like, deaths, and like getting into really bad news, it's in your car. It's when you decide to drive into something that looks like ah, that doesn't look like a whole lot of water. All it takes is six inches of really rapidly moving water to sweep away a car, and then that would be obviously worst case scenario. How are the uh, how are the river levels right now? It's actually really really low. I mean, for the most part, um, I- I'm sure in the summer it gets even lower than this. But yeah, it's it's way within its banks here at the Ritt river uh, in West Dallas. So it would take a pretty good rainfall but this is one of those spots that it does fill up quickly um it's one of those locations that things just kind of funnel right in kind of a starting point of the river and that's when uh, again this is one of those areas that um these roadways cleveland avenue uh root river parkway yeah. tends to flood so not a spot to drive into
1: all right lead us through the next five days what are we looking at
3: All right, sounds good. Yeah, as we head into tonight, again, increasing clouds. Enjoy the evening, though. Again, looks pretty good um, this evening. Now, for tomorrow, rain and storms likely. I think that first round moves in late morning, high temperature 48. If you're headed to to the Deer District tomorrow evening, I think odds are in your favor that we're dry during that time frame, but still a chance of a shower. Now, as we head into Thursday, showers and storms likely up to 65 briefly on Thursday. Partly cloudy and breezy on Friday, probably the nicest day of the week, though, 62 for a high. And then Saturday, mostly cloudy, windy, chilly, maybe some sprinkles or sleep pellets and a high of 46 degrees. Not looking good this weekend.
1: Yikes. Saturday and Sunday are not looking great then.
3: Bummer. Yeah, same. Chilly weather again on Sunday as well and highs in the 40s.
1: Walk, walk. Another
2: day by the fireplace in Wisconsin.
1: I oh, Might have to open yeah, a second bottle of wine.
3: That could happen. Just call in Friday. It'll be fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Old fashions in the fireplace. That sounds pretty good. That sounds bad. like
3: a good gig, Ooh, actually. I'm coming over. Yeah.
1: All right. We'll, we'll save you a little bit. Meteorologist Brian Nesnansky, always good to catch up. Thank you, Niz. See
3: yep, you later, guys.
1: Let's talk Bucks basketball with Zora Stevenson. It's Tuesdays with Zora, Valley Sports, Bucks basketball. She is Zora. Zora, happy Tuesday! Thanks for being with us.
4: Hey, what's going on? What
1: got I guess we got to ask some questions about Janis Giannis. The injury report just came out. He's officially listed as doubtful. Um, yeah. uh, boy, that's it, it's disappointing. We obviously hope he's okay. What uh, What's your take on this situation with Giannis?
4: Yeah, well, you know, the Bucs did have a, a practice on the court today, and Giannis was not able to participate. Coach Bud did tell us that after practice today. He uh, did say that he was optimistic, though, when it came to the situation. Uh, Giannis has had an, an x ray and an MRI. Um, Coach Bud has said that the x ray was, was clear, and we know that Giannis's pain tolerance is extremely, extremely high. Um, but we also know that he he's got a group of people around him that that want to make sure that that he's protected and not putting himself in any danger when he steps on that floor. I mean, if you go back to to game one, Giannis left the game, went to the locker room, tried to come back on the floor, and it was just so clear that he was unable to to participate in the rest of the game. So yeah, like you said, super unfortunate. But he's got this miraculous way of of healing very quickly, quickly, uh, more quickly than than other people. So. I, you know, think you always just stay tuned when it comes to Giannis because you just never know.
3: Zor, did that happen right in front of you? I, I feel like it was down near the Bucks basket, yeah. right? Right near their bench. What was your view of what happened?
4: Yeah, I mean, I just kind of saw him accelerate in the air, and, and I remember on the first take of it, because um, so many times my eyes are going between the monitor and the floor because you know sometimes the monitor has a, has a better view of things. I just remember him coming down, and there he had nothing. Slow him down. You know, it, you know. Sometimes when he when he lands, he falls on another player, right? Or something slows him down before he falls. He he didn't have a chance to brace himself with with his hand, right? Or anything. It was his entire weight of his body on that tailbone slash back. And um, is yeah. that the
2: complaint, Sora? That the that the tailbone is hurting. Does he say what's bothering so much?
4: No, I mean, the, the official, it's, it's a back cont- lower back contusion, so I, I don't want to speculate, but you, I mean, just when you saw him come down, you, you saw um, where he hit it, and so many times Giannis will lay on, lay on the hardwood, and you think it's a really hard fall, but he sometimes just gets up like nothing happened, and he says, you know, he usually takes a minute to collect himself, and he always wants to get up because he knows his mom is in the stands watching, and He wants her to know that he's okay. And uh, when he got up, you you could tell he was hurting. And usually he's able to, you know, if he is in any discomfort, you can't tell. But it it was clear that that he was feeling something. But like I said, Giannis is Giannis and has superhuman attributes at times. And so let's just wait and see. But, yeah, as, as of now, like you all mentioned, Lista is doubtful.
3: Well, you know, I remember back in that Hawks series where he had that knee injury, and clearly he leaves the game, and the Bucks are kind of stunned, and it's like, whoa, what just happened to our best player? And it's tough to recover yeah. from that. I, I Look, I don't know if they stopped Miami from shooting 60% from three with or without Giannis on the floor, but they were stunned in that game against the Hawks and then came back without Giannis and won back-to-back games. Like, I, I'm not ruling out hope of the Bucks beating the Heat in game two without Giannis. You'd like to have him on the floor, but I feel like I'd, I'd almost rather have him on the floor when the series goes to Miami, and, and this at least buys him a little more time if he can't go tomorrow night.
4: No, that's that's a great point. And remember, the Bucks had two days between games one and two. They'll have another two days between games two and three. And we've talked about the depth of this team all season long. This is the time for it to shine, and it was great to see Chris Middleton get a thirty-plus you know point game uh Drew Holiday with his creativity and and setting up other people, the Bucks have Bobby Portis off the bench. I mean, the Bucks have the roster to get it done without Giannis, but obviously that's not ideal. <laughs> so, um, I think they're they're balancing that, but they 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 can definitely get it done tomorrow night without their best player. Even Coach Bud has relayed that this team is set up to do so.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt, Zora, that they. Could beat the Heat without Giannis. What surprised, I think, so many people was that you just laid it out. On the offensive end, they had guys who really stepped up and had really nice games. But on the defensive end, it seemed like there was some incohesion. Like there was, I mean, Jimmy Butler had a really great game. you got to tip your hat to him. But yeah. 130 points, it just didn't look quite like the Bucks.
4: I, yeah, I think the Bucks would, would say the exact same thing. I mean, this is one of the best defensive units in the league this season, and, and they did not play like it in Game 1, and that's where their focus will be going into Game 2 is, is making sure that they tighten things up on the defensive end. Jay Crowder mentioned you know, they, they had a specific game plan against Jimmy Butler, and, and sometimes when you've got a scattering report, you get so caught up in it that you just uh, don't use your instincts at times, and, and the Bucks have some really, really talented – on ball defenders and, and Drew Holiday, Jay Crowder. Now you know Wesley Matthews is is going to be out with a calf strain, so that's unfortunate from the perspective of you don't have another body that you can put on Jimmy. Um, but the Bucks, you know, part of their strategy is putting multiple people on the opposing team's best player. I would look for Jay Crowder probably to get more minutes if you know Giannis is out and and especially with Wesley out as well.
1: We know you like to cook when you're home. You've been home for a few days. What's for dinner tonight? <laughs>
4: So I I actually, I cooked before our call and I thought of you all as I was doing my final preparations. (laughs) I made spaghetti, but it's all vegan.
1: Oh. So
4: it's impossible meatballs. And then obviously like, you know, the sauce, I put some zucchini, mushroom, broccoli in the, in the sauce and then some whole wheat spaghetti. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm having. So healthy. Yeah.
1: Oh man. I'm still holding out for the jerk turkey. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Don't be fooled by. I debated like, okay, because we're having such a great dinner, should we go out for ice cream? Afterwards? Ah, like, there you wow. go. By my vegan, my vegan spaghetti. <laughs> oh,
1: that's it's hilarious. It's my soulmate, Zora. She is Zora Stevenson. <laughs> Always great to have you with us, Zora. Have a great rest of the night.
4: You too.